0: Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for April has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-H-E, fly, and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. My guest this week is Dan Frank. <laughs> uh, no. You're
1: not the first person to have done that.
0: I... It, uh. <laughs> It rhymes with Anne Frank, and that makes it horrible. Yes. I mean, yeah, to I, make that mistake. No, um, I,
1: I get that all the time. That's all
0: right. <laughs> my guest this week is Dan Frakes. He's a senior editor at Macworld, and he covers everything Apple and uh, and audio as well. And he's a prolific writer. Hi, Dan.
1: How are you doing, Brett?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I, I find it hilarious that uh, minutes after I double-checked the pronunciation of your name, I flubbed it.
1: That's all right. People who have known me for years will will mispronounce it now and then too. So,
0: it happens. All right, I feel I feel all right. I feel <laughs> all right. Um, so based on your very out of date website. Yeah, um, it's very out of date.
1: I don't I don't even I barely refer to that anymore. I just send people to Macworld.
0: Well, it looks like you haven't you haven't really updated your publication section since 2010. Yeah, but, that's about it. but I ran a quick parse on the page and you have 365 print articles. 358 online articles, and uh, multiple authorship on books, and contributed to dozens of books. And this is all uh, as of 2010, September of 2010. Uh, you I, just
1: did more of that than I've ever, <laughs> I've ever done. <laughs> At some point, I look. I, this used to be – actually, it's funny – some people do that for like the ego thing. I used to do that only because I could never find my articles anymore. <laughs> it's your and like, index. And, and, and my boss will probably agree with this, but our, our search engine on the Macworld site has, has its better days, has seen better days. So I could never find anything. So at one point I just went in and, and took my bookmarks file in Safari and I just you know parsed it so that it would be all HTML links. And then there were a couple of years there where I would go in and add stuff as I, you know, as I wrote it. And then at some point I just said, you know what, this is too much work. And that was 2010.
0: Okay. So with all of this writing that you do, do you, are you, are you one of those people that I'm so jealous of that can just sit down and write when there's a deadline, you just go?
1: Uh, It really depends on what I'm writing. I mean, if it's something that's like a how to, uh, we do a lot of those at Macworld. So if it's, if, if I'm writing how to do something, it usually comes out pretty easily just because you know, in my job, I spend all day figuring out how to do things and learning, you know, making sure I know how to do things. And I talk to people about try to, you know, teaching people how to do things, give presentations. So if it comes down to how do you do this, then it's pretty easy to just to sit down and start writing. Uh, For me, the bigger thing is when I have to do something that's like opinion or some kind of analysis, because I tend to, Go over it over and over again, and over analyze it, and, and worry that it didn't get it quite right or cover every little argument that might be made. So that's a little harder for me. And that's if I get writer's block, it's usually on that kind of thing rather than on your everyday. Here's how to do this, or here's a review.
0: We share that for sure. I, uh, I all I can write is how how to stuff. <laughs> um, did you uh, did you develop this fear of opinion pieces? Uh, over time based on feedback or have you always been nervous like that? Uh,
1: uh, You know, that's a good question. I've never really stopped and thought about it, but you know, I, I I would say that in my early days of writing, when I was much younger, um, I had the, the, the young person's opinion thing where it just, we're on the internet. I can say whatever I want. Let me say it. Um, As I got older and I would hopefully more mature, I, I think Especially as you kind of get, you've been in your career more, and you you kind of feel like, okay, I've got to make sure I write something that's coherent and not just a rant. Uh, And so, I think part of it is that is that you just, as you get older, you want to just make sure that what you're writing makes sense and is supportable, and that people aren't going to write you off as, you know, somebody that works for Business Insider or you know, Um, the. uh, But at the same time, I think also, you know, there are commenters, and the commenters, you, you as a writer, you never want to say that commenters or people on the internet affect how you write. But the truth is that sometimes I'll write something and I'll be like, you know what? People are going to just rip that apart. Let me see if I can make that in a little bit more persuasive and find some more evidence for that. And, and try to explain what I mean a little better so that some, you know, some jerk doesn't come in and say, Oh, that's ridiculous. And so I would say that I'm more thorough now than I used to be, partly because I'm older and partly because I've just, you know, sometimes I, and, and, uh, my and Jason Snow, my boss, occasionally has commented to me that, you know, you can't you can't head off any stupid criticism. Sometimes <laughs> you just gotta let it come, right? And so I think if I if I have a flaw in my opinion pieces now, it's that I try to be too thorough because I try to say, okay, well someone might criticize that part. So let me think about that more and make a better argument there. And then it ends up being, you know, taking me hours longer than I than it could have.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. Um even on short how-to posts, I find myself Automatically going into the mindset of the commenter and figuring out what they're going to argue with, and, <laughs> right, right. and then saying, "Well, alternatively, you could do this, or you could do it like this." And I think we doubling. all do that now,
1: <laughs> and, and we've done it a lot more in the last you know four or five years. I think because I see that it all the how to sites is that whereas it used to be, "Here's how you do this." We all write more now. We all write, you know, there you could do this, but. I like this better because rather than just leaving that out
0: completely. Definitely. Um, so, okay. So you've got a deadline and you have an opinion piece to write. You draw a blank or, or you get what I get maybe. And you just can't get yourself to even want to write it. <laughs> what
1: know. do you, what do
0: you personally do?
1: Um, assuming that I can't get out of it. I need to, or hand it off to somebody else. Um <laughs> You know, a lot of it is, is just taking a step back. And, and when I, I have to say, when I was in college or when I was younger writing, I would always just go dive in head first and just write. And then if it turned out it was bad, I would just go back and rewrite it, you know, do write something else. Uh, these days, I, I do a lot more of the stuff that my writing teachers used to tell me to do, which is try to, you know, put down some thoughts, get an outline, try to figure out what it is you're really trying to say first, and then go back and flesh it out, uh, and, and that's that's probably a new thing for me over the last four or five years. I I didn't used to do that when I was younger. Um, and the other thing is just sometimes I just need a break and I go do something else. Uh, one of the things about being a, a, in this business is that the longer you write, the less writing you do. Some it seems. I don't know if that's been the case for you, but um, for working in MacWorld, you know, I'm 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 an editor now. And when I was younger, editor just kind of meant that was a title, but I still wrote. Uh, these days I'm actually doing a lot more editing and assigning pieces and and managing writers and things like that. So <clears throat> I have a lot of other stuff to do now than just write. And so I'll, th- there are times I'll just say, you know what, I- I've got to get away from this. I'll go edit somebody else's stuff for a while and get out of my own head uh, and then come back to it later. And and actually that, that does help a lot, I find.
0: Do you think that, say, editing someone else's work instead of going and playing basketball, like they're both ways to get away from... <laughs> the task at hand, yeah. but one of them is heavily related to the task at hand. Do you think that helps keep you kind of on track?
1: Well, I do that too. I, I go play basketball or go to the gym or or go do other things as well. Uh, and that's just, you know, sometimes you just need a break. You just need to get away from the computer and, and, and uh, stop staring at a screen. Uh, Definitely. And I think it probably depends on just, you know, if I've been working all day and I'm just burned out and stuff that I need to turn off the computer and go do something else. Uh, but if it's just a matter of you know, it's 11 in the morning and I've still got a lot of hours left to work, but I can't quite get what I'm trying to do here. Then I'll, I'll go on and do some other things and then come back in the afternoon.
0: I, it, it is wonderful to have that flexibility.
1: Yeah. And, and, and it's nice, you know, I, I work at home. I, I, about a third to a half of the Macworld editorial staff actually works from home, which is a crazy high proportion, but I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to work at home. And, uh, and that's good for me because i'm I have never had the attention span to be able to sit down at a desk for eight hours and and just work uh, i've got i've gotta stop and do things regularly and uh the flip side of working at home though is that I can take those breaks but I can also work later or earlier or late at night and so I'm doing well over my you know your your eight hour day but it's just it up a little differently than a, than a solid block of time. And I find that also helps me a lot too, because there are times when I just write better
0: at 10 o'clock at night than I ever would at 10 in the morning. Do you want to know a secret? <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Nobody has the attention span to sit at a desk for eight hours and work.
1: I think you're probably right. But some people are better at it than others. I will some say Some
0: people are better at faking yeah. it. Like, I find it, it almost invariably that people who work at home are more productive. Because they have that flexibility, they can work when they are productive, rather than sitting at a desk and pretending not to be playing Tetris, you know, for four hours out of the day. Yeah, so.
1: and and we're lucky enough to be in in a in a uh, an industry where you don't have to be in an office with all your other people face to face all day. You know, my wife has a job where she has to be talking to people regularly who are in the office and she is much more productive on the days when she works at home. And I think that's <laughs> probably true for a lot of people, but.
0: absolutely. And plus uh, with Skype and, 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 uh, and IRC and other chat mediums. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can ignore a chat message for a lot longer than I can ignore someone standing at the corner of my desk and asking right. me a question. Totally. Totally. Right. I can answer it when I'm ready to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I,
1: I would have a hard time both because of my personality and just because of how much more productive I am, I think, of being in an office, you know, five days a week.
0: Well, Macworld is smart to let people work from home.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we, we do well, we, we, we have a lot of people who work remotely and, you know, there's the whole Yahoo controversy about whether people are productive or not, but we've set up a lot of systems that, that keep people in in communication when they need to be. And, we we have our weekly meetings. We use Google actually we use Google Hangouts so we can all see each other and uh when we have meetings and stuff. But uh we've done pretty well. Um and I, I credit, you know, people like Jason Snell and and uh Dan Miller and those and the the management folks for giving people that leeway but also finding ways to keep us
0: in touch with each other. Perfect. I think I have a piece in the next Mac World. Oh, do you? Which one? Or was it the last one? I don't even know. I didn't get a copy. <laughs> Um, I did. I did a wrangling email piece. It okay. was a write up from my uh, yeah MacWorld talk.
1: Yep. Well, I, I got it. Here's another confession that we uh, we we at print magazines, all as editors, honestly, like I don't know what's when an article I write shows up in print, just because we're doing. I mean, everything nowadays is done for this website, and then we occasionally do a feature that's exclusive to print, but most of the stuff in print is kind of like the greatest hits of the previous month yeah. online, and so. I know something probably went into the print magazine, but I don't know which issue
0: it is. I don't um, either. And you would uh, yeah, think I would know. Yeah, well, Well.
1: but you would think, I, I mean, as an editor, well, what happens is we see our section. So I know what my section is in terms of what I'm in charge of editing, but I may have written something for someone else. And that goes into you know maybe this month, maybe next month. So it's, um, it, it's interesting how even our company has changed that way over the last 10 years, very different than it used to be.
0: Publishing in general. Yes. Yeah, definitely. All right. right, That's like the third time I've said definitely in this episode. And I've noticed <laughs> that every time I say it, I sound like Rain Man.
1: <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that. Now you got me thinking of Rain Man.
0: <laughs> definitely. Um, okay. Our first sponsor today, I will, uh, I'll take a quick break for that. Um, do you want the new Samsung Galaxy S4? Or maybe you plan to buy the HTC One or iPhone 5? Before you upgrade, make sure you sell your used phone or gadget to gazelle.com for cash. Don't give away or bury last year's gadget in a drawer. Find out what it's worth at gazelle.com right now. Gazelle makes selling your used gadgets fast and simple. First, go to gazelle.com, that's G-A-Z-E-L-L-E.com, and find your item. Then tell, tell Gazelle the condition, and they'll even buy broken iPhones and iPads um third get a risk-free offer for your gadgets and you can lock it in for 30 days and then you'll get paid fast by check paypal or get an extra five percent with an amazon gift card they know what they're doing too gazelle has paid 100 million dollars to over 500,000 customers if you have an iphone samsung hdc or blackberry smartphone or an ipad or other apple product uh, your gadgets may lose value every day that you wait to so go to gazelle.com now to get an offer
1: Woo-hoo.
0: All right, so you review uh, one, one of your main uh, what do you call them beats? Yeah, is beats, yeah. is reviewing uh, software and hardware,
1: yeah, accessories, Macs, yeah, stuff. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty
0: much everything that we cover, um, I, I do one uh, sometime or another. Do you find? do you find that you review so many things that you start to have trouble picking one in any given area? You mean picking a favorite? Yeah.
1: yeah you know, I do. I, I really have a hard time picking a favorite things in anything because, uh, well, for one thing, I just tried so many things that chances are there's going to be one or two that are really good or three or four and trying to pick one means trying to figure out which they all have their strengths and weaknesses and trying to figure out which of those strengths is the best for me. And, you know, it's just occasionally I will, I will find one that clearly stands out and that I really love. But a lot of times, you know, I end up saying, okay, well, these two or these three all do things I really like and I'll actually switch between them or I'll use, you know, one at one time or one or another. Um, And the hardest thing actually for me is, is not picking one for myself, but picking one for someone else because, there's this thing that happens after you've been reviewing for a while where, uh, and I wrote about this in an upcoming article that I'm not going to go too much into, but essentially you, you start, you've been reviewing so long and in those reviews, you've been trying to be a good objective reviewer, meaning not just looking for the things you like, but trying to figure out what are good for other people or what other people might need in an app or in a piece of hardware. And so at some point you you, you start judging something not on what you think is good, but like just you, you start finding the flaws that anyone might find or flip side, the things that someone else might like on it that you don't. So then when someone else comes up to you and says, hey, which of these, you know, which app for this should I do? The answer ends up being this half hour thing about, okay, well, if you like this, then there's this and this and this, but be careful because this feature, you, might, you know, and, and the person is just sitting there like with their. You know, staring off into space now because instead of just you telling them, pick this, <laughs> you've just told them more information than they had before. And it makes it even harder of a decision for them. So um, I, I do find that sometimes I, I, I get into that and I, I need to make myself focused to where I'm actually starting to, to be able to, to tell someone, okay, this is a good one. You'll probably be happy with it and just let it go at that.
0: Uh, that's, what I, that's what I love about uh, being asked those questions on Twitter is I have 140 <laughs> characters to say you might like this or you might like this. And then it's pretty much over. That's all right. I get. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's tough. I mean, once you've been a reviewer for long enough, I mean, it affects like so many parts of your life in terms of just, you, you start, you just start, you start thinking about everything in terms of it. It's a product. Everything has like a buying advice summary. Everything is, is something that you need to, 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 to evaluate. And, uh, in my my wife sometimes she cracks up about this. Sometimes it, frankly, she's probably annoyed by it. But you know, I'll be both be trying something and some new thing that we bought, and I'll be like, okay, this part of it really sucks. You know, I can't believe they designed it this way. And she's looking at me like, what? It's a toothbrush.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I um I get that quite a bit. Um, I I notice things that that my wife wouldn't well, she wouldn't care about, frankly. You know, it wouldn't affect her either way. Right, and I'll right. uh, I'll kind of hone in on them and complain about them frequently.
1: Yeah. Um, and occasionally, occasionally it'll like, it'll sink in and then she'll complain about it. You know, she'd be like, <laughs> this is so annoying. And I'm like, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have realized that if I hadn't pointed out. But, uh, but usually I'm just pickier than her now. And I think that's true in life in general, that I'm, I'm a pickier consumer now, a pickier user of things than I, than I ever was, you know, a decade ago.
0: So, you know, I have a lot of, uh, uh, iOS text editors on my iPad, right? (laughs) Yes, you do. So people are always asking me what's the best. And I answer the best I can, but a guy named Gary Bloom just wrote a post today and I'll link it in the show notes, but, uh, it's ostensibly about UX, right? If you've ever heard of that one. But I he
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's yeah, it's an interesting editor, but he goes through like all of the big contenders and compares them and and actually he does this really cool thing where at the end of each section he compares the editor to a house and says <laughs> like byword as a house is an architecturally designed home with plans that were purchased on a website for $100. And while I might not agree with all of his you know comparisons right he, this is a guy who writes thousands of words on his iPad, and it, he he has a far far more of a right to make these judgments than I do because I spend more time writing about iPad apps on my computer than I do writing on my iPad right and i I don't know there's something to be said for um, in the trench reviews. And I think that a lot of us who write a lot of reviews have a more cursory, uh, at least for, for myself, I have a more cursory overview of every application's features than I do with what it's actually like to sure. really dig in and commit to an app.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think that's the case for a lot of reviewers these days, um, especially for smaller apps, you know, where you can't hire, for example, on Macworld, we're going to, review photoshop we hire somebody who's uses photoshop all day every day and and because that's really who you want reviewing it but that's not always you know that's not always feasible a lot of times you just got a little an ios app that costs two bucks that there's no specialist in that right there's no one whose day job makes them use a to-do list eight (laughs) hours a day right so no i i would totally i would agree with that yeah um, and and it's nice that once in a while somebody takes it upon themselves to say, okay, I'm going to do this and do it better than anybody.
0: Yes, and and they deserve every link that they get. Then, um, but did
1: he did he come out with a favorite then?
0: Well, like I said, the the review is about UX, right? And that is his final choice.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: Um, and it's not an editor that I personally would love. Um, but his like second and third place contenders are also my top picks. So, uh, we're in line. And like I I said, I, I trust his, his judgment on this pretty well.
1: But also, as long as the reviewer lays it out, these are the things I need. These are what I believe about stuff. These are, these, these are my criteria. Uh, you know, even if they don't agree with you, at least, you know, where they're coming from and you know that whether or not they did a good, whether or not the review is good. Right. Right. So. So I, th- I mean, I think that's important when you're when you're reviewing stuff too is just to make sure that people know where you're coming from and 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 make the case for why you're somebody they should listen to
0: does Macworld do like uh charts comparison charts when it do you do head to heads much at all
1: you know we it, it really depends on the product um when for some products where there's a lot of really similar things. If we can get someone who has the expertise, we will do like a chart and a comparison review. And we've started doing more, especially with accessories and uh, audio things, stuff like that, where we'll do four, five, six products that are all similar at one time so that someone can come in there and say, oh, here's some products I was considering, You know, uh, Bluetooth speakers under $150 and some of the bigger names and then these are the ones that are the best out of the group. So we have started doing that a little more. Uh, and we will occasionally come across a category where we really want to do something comprehensive. Like I did I did an article. It was, it was an update article, actually, a second edition of, a, of an iPad keyboards buying guide, where over the last few years, I've tested probably, I don't know, 60, 80 <laughs> iPad keyboards. And I, I rather than doing like head-to-head, this one has this and this, what I did is say, okay, these are the different types This is if you're looking for a keyboard, here's what you should figure out first. Which type do you want? And then under each type, these are the ones I think are the best because of this and this. Uh, And I think people really like that kind of stuff because, you know, if I'm buying what accessory A, whatever it might be, and I come and there's an article that says, okay, I've tried 50 of these things and these are the best ones. Uh, that's pretty much exactly what you want a review to be. But the, the downside of that is that it takes a lot of time and a lot of work to do it. Um, which is why so many reviews are, here's this product. Here's what I like about it. You know, maybe they'll throw in compared to, you know, B and C a does this, and this is why you might like it better. Um, but it's tough to get those really comprehensive ones, but they're really useful.
0: Yes. Yes, they are. Um, as an aside what what do you use for an iPad keyboard are you or can you would that be um too personal
1: is <laughs> this is one of those questions I was talking about earlier where I can't answer one because I use multiple but
0: yeah I, I, I actually
1: that. you know i um sometimes I use the apple keyboard Apple wireless keyboard with a um the incase origami workstation yeah. uh, I also, I've been using a little bit uh, more lately, mainly because I've been testing it, the Zag Flex keyboard, which is a standalone keyboard that's really light and small, but still gives you kind of a full-size. Um, the uh, Zag has a couple folios that are really nice that I like a lot. Um, and then um, I still, when I'm using my full-size iPad, I still really like the Logitech Ultra Thin. Yep. Uh, but I got to tell you, I haven't used my full-size iPad very much lately. I've been using the iPad Mini and that's mainly why I've been using so many standalone keyboards, just because none of the iPad mini keyboard cases are really that good.
0: Yeah, I uh, I haven't gotten a mini yet. I'm really looking forward to that um, I, someday. Yeah, I love so. it.
1: I mean, I, I, I see the argument about people say, oh, I really want the retinas, but I really want it bigger. But, you know, every time I pick up the mini and just toss it in my bag, it's you know, it's always sitting right next to the full size one. And I
0: almost always grab the mini. I've talked to a lot of iPad mini owners and not a single one of them has ever complained that the screen was not up to par.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be, I'll be happy when it's retina. I mean, I'll be ecstatic, sure. but it's not keeping me from using it. Right For me, the size and the weight outweigh, so to speak, the, the retina display of the of the big one.
0: Yes. Maybe that's what I'll get next. Now that I got my new MacBook Air, but anyway, I was going to say I I love the Logitech thin one. Yeah, the ultra uh, thin. Yeah. yeah, the that's what I've been using. Yeah, it's not
1: very good for the for the iPad Mini. Yeah,
0: no, I imagine
1: not. It's just yeah, I mean they, they the keys are too small and they've actually had to move some keys around a little bit and they've got keys overlaid onto other keys like the I, I think if I
0: remember correctly the question mark or the the, the uh, <laughs> that was me trying to pick mine up so I could see okay. it. But.
1: Or or the, for example, the the quote, the apostrophe is you have to use like a function key to get to it because it's overlaid another key. It's just, it's, I admire the effort to duplicate what's so great about the big one, but
0: it's, it's, it's not, it's just not very good. Yeah. In my opinion. Have you seen, um, I can't remember who makes them. They're these little clips that on the Apple Bluetooth uh, aluminum keyboard, they snap onto the round battery compartment. Are you talking about the wing stands Yes. That's yes. it. Yeah. Those yep, work really well when I want to type on my iPhone.
1: I actually haven't tried it with the iPhone. I've, I have tried it with the iPad and it's, it's you know, it's, it's really small and light. Yeah. You just clip them right on. For me, most of the time when I'm going with my, when I have my iPad or excuse me, my iPad and my Apple wireless keyboard, I'm carrying it somewhere. And, you know, as you probably know, the, the Apple wireless keyboard, Insist on always being on and not letting you turn it off. Yeah. So I always put it inside the origami just so it doesn't get the buttons don't get pressed. But I really like the design of the wing stand. It's a it's a clever little thing. And actually, I use it when I have used it. It's been at my desk because I just stick my iPad in it, mm-hmm. and then the the wireless keyboard that doubles as a stand, and I can type if I want. But it's a clever little thing.
0: I agree. I don't even remember where this conversation started.
1: Yeah It's a good question. I think it was. We were talking about
0: iPad keyboard reviews. And, and then we ended up reviewing yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what happened. That's what, that's what we do.
0: <laughs> um, how about I go ahead and do second sponsor and we'll get into sure. some top three picks then. Sure. Cause I think that could go for a little bit. Um, our second sponsor today is shutterstock.com where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. Choose whatever fits your need and never have to compromise. If you just need one image for your blog or mock-up, you can do that too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new since they add 10,000 new images every day. It's more affordable than you think, too, with no extra charge for large files. Just download any image at any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high resolution images. If you need them, you can just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via Lightboxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search. You can also search using their iPad app. There's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and want to run it on print or swag for your trade shows, they can get you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips for all your graphic needs. If you you need help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions. They also have 24-hour support during the week. Sign up for a free browse account at Shutterstock.com. No credit card needed. When you find the images you like and decide to purchase, Use the offer code Dan sent me 4 and get 30% off of any package. All right. Top three picks. How would you like to start with your first one?
1: Now, let's see. So my theme, if you will, are just three things that I've been loving lately. So um, the first one, I'm actually going to go with a game. And uh, I play a lot. I don't know about you, but I play a lot of games on my I- iPad, a l- few on my iPhone, um, but a lot on my iPad. That's where yeah. I do almost all my gaming these days. And I love the retro platformers, you know, the yeah. the, the sort of Mario type things. And uh, this company called um, Ravenous Games has a bunch of them. That it, it seems like every year they come out with a new one that's really awesome. It, they started out with um, League of Evil. I don't know if you've ever played it. No. Uh, and, and League of Evil 2. And then they had one called Random Heroes. And Random Heroes 2 just came out. And it's just it's just such a fun game. It's the, the the one thing I should say is that the thing that makes all of their games their their platformers great, besides the sort of retro feel, is that so many of these little retro platformers the controls are horrible. They they, they all try to do the, the you know the D pad on one side right. and yeah. the and the the um the A B on the on the other side, but they just don't get it right. And I you know it, I've had developers tell me that it's really hard to do it. And this company. Gets it. I mean, the controls are just phenomenal. They're quick. They, they go where you think they're going to go. And I don't, I never remember saying, getting pissed off because I'm on a touchscreen. Um, and it's just, just a fun game. And, and they also, they got the, they got the, the balance of, it's a cheap game. It's only like 99 cents. It's, I mean, which is, to me is phenomenal. I mean, I've been playing this game now for probably, you know, eight hours over the last you know, week. And I paid ninety nine cents for that. Eight hours of fun, and I've still got plenty to go for ninety nine cents. But they uh, in it, you're you know, like a lot of these old platformers, you're trying to get it, you know, find coins and collect them and find secrets and stuff. And you can upgrade your character with different weapons and different characters that have different strengths and stuff using coins. And if you if you don't want to be patient and 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 find these things. You know, over time you can you can use an in-app purchase and buy coins, more coins, and do stuff. But you don't have to, and so it's just it's just like the perfect balance of 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 fun and in-app purchase. If you want it, if you want to hurry up and get you know go through things faster, and they get they just get so much right in it. So I I I'm, I'm evangelizing this one
0: like crazy <laughs> just because it's so fun. For just two thousand coins, you can become a cheerleader. <laughs> I'm just that- looking at the screenshots of the game.
1: Oh you are, okay. <laughs> I haven't seen that one.
0: Yeah, it's uh she has uh high agility and low damage and moderate health.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. they are little characters, yeah. They can some of them go faster or slower, they can jump higher, or some can double jump, you know, the old classic. Uh and then there're there're different kinds of guns that fire different ways and stuff. I mean, it's it's but at at its heart it's it's a retro pixelated platformer and it's just a blast.
0: Did you ever get into a uh, uh, quick, quick hook? What was it? It was a hook game. where you, you Right. Like, the one where you threw a hook up and swung yeah. from it. Yeah. And
1: I I played it when it first came out.
0: I played it a lot. And then I forgot the name of it. Yeah. I'm That's trying to how remember what it was for me. Yeah, right. Super quick hook was the successor. Okay. I didn't like that one as much. Um, But anyway, this looks, this looks fun. I'm going to try it out. Is it both iPhone and iPad?
1: Y- yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's I, Wait, you said it was 99 cents. It was when I bought it. It's free. The, is it free right now? Yeah. By the really? time this goes live it'll probably be 99 cents again, but Okay, so
1: so yeah, maybe it's on a promotion. It was 99 cents when I bought it. Um, but uh the I like it on the iPad a little better. I just think that the some of those the D-pad games on the iPhone it's just a little small, but but I played I played the first ones League of Evil at one and two on the iPad or the iPhone exclusively. And it was it was
0: great. Awesome! I have some new games to check out. I've been actually playing. Um, I've been trying to play. Um, by but oh, what's it? The it something infinite. Bio something. BioShock. BioShock That's Infinite. That's it. <laughs> you can tell I'm not a gamer. I don't know this stuff. But I got a copy because the commercials were so fascinating, and I had an Xbox laying around. Oh, lucky you! <laughs> I I I just I can't get into sitting on a couch and playing with a controller, unless okay. it's my iPad. Like there's something right, about right. touching the screen that makes games more fun for me. Yeah,
1: well, and I I've always been a keyboard gamer too. I've never been into the the consoles. I like when Halo was out and I was playing that. I always preferred to play it on my computer with the keyboard and mouse rather than with the you know the the standard controller. And so I I've never gotten into playing on xbox or playstation that way yeah um, give me a give me a keyboard and mouse and any day but uh i i do want to get that i actually just bought i never played the original bioshock and so i just bought it for like three dollars and i'm going to play that first and uh and before i play infinite See, i play
0: art. i have one and two i own one and two never once launched them really See, I, got him, I, I got them i got them as part no. of a package deal with something else i don't remember
1: I, well, there was this thing used to be called the Orange Box that I remember that had, like, I think it had the original Bioshock and a couple other things in it, if I remember. But uh, yeah, I never. I was like that with Portal too, right? I never played Portal one until Portal two came out. Yep. I'm like, all right, I got to go play the first one first, and then you know, and then I got hooked. But I
0: don't suffer from this need to sequentially play games. I I, <laughs> I, do. I played Portal two before I ever saw Portal one.
1: Oh, I have. I'm a little OCD that way. I've got to make sure I work my way up to the last one.
0: You'd hate. I we we started watching Psych on Netflix. I yeah. I started with season five, watched through season six, went back to season two. And now my wife and I are trying to go back from the beginning, but I'm so scattered and all over the place. Does it make sense? No, no. I mean, it's one of those shows that you can kind of, <laughs> yeah, there's true. not a real running story to it. Um, more of a situation comedy kind of thing. Right. But right. I live in this weird temporal space where things kind of just piece together in, in post for me. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Some, it, somehow I manage to make it make sense. I do everything out of order. Anyway, if you could do it, Hey, yeah, eh, kind of, I pull it off, I guess. Um, my, my first pick it, um, my theme for me is going to be celebrating the fact that in Minnesota, it's officially spring now. As of, as of last week, we started having consistent 70 degree weather, which will last all the way through Thursday. Um, when it (laughs) drops back down to 48, I think is the high on Thursday. Um, but anyway, my first pick is Tom's Sunglasses. Uh, they, it's, uh, actually, I can't say a lot about the company other than, uh, when you buy Tom's Sunglasses, they make, uh, Tom's makes shoes and eyewear. And, uh, when you buy eyewear from them, the, there's money that goes to help, uh, people who need eye surgery. So every pair of, every pair of glasses you buy from Tom's, uh-huh. Part of the, part of the, uh, cost goes to help one person, uh, basically save their site. Uh, is it, is it a regional,
1: co- is it a regional company?
0: No. Um, no, okay, okay. I actually don't even know where their, uh, land base is, but you can shop them online and they'll do awesome things like send you like four different pairs of glasses so you can try them on and you send back what you don't want and there's, uh, oh, re- cool. return, uh, policies on everything. And yeah, it's really, it's a great company. This stuff's not cheap. Uh, you're looking at sunglasses around a hundred dollars, but they that's are,
1: not, that's not bad.
0: No, not compared to the stuff you'd get from right the the garbage that like, uh, uh, Calvin Klein and, uh, Gucci and Dolce and Gabbana, sure. yeah. they all get their sunglasses from the same place. And they throw a label on it and charge you sure. three, four hundred dollars. These are really well crafted, really lightweight. I have a pair right now, and I love them. Uh, they they fit perfectly. They, the hinges never wear out. I love them; they're great.
1: And so every time, everyone bought sponsors somebody who needs eye yes. surgery or
0: treatment. That's yep. cool. Yeah, it's like a one for one. Every time you buy one, in fact, that's what they call it: one for one. Every time you purchase tom's sunglass or eyewear you give sight to a person in need that's what they say cool yeah
1: all right so are we on my neck my second one then
0: yes okay
1: well since we're since we're talking about physical products i will uh i'll talk about one of those so uh i've been testing vmoda they're they're a company that makes headphones Mm -hmm. i've been testing their latest headphones and vmoda started out I like i don't know how many years ago many probably in the early to mid 2000s they just basically made earbuds stylish earbuds and they've they've expanded to where now they make full size headphones they make headphone amplifiers um and their 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 thing is really good sound but and really really good well made stuff good looking stuff and sound that they call they call it the modern audiophile that's their term and essentially what they're saying is Really high, you know, high end sound, but tweaked a little bit so that it's a little more fun. That's my description. <laughs> so it, it has a little bit, little bit more bass than, than like a typical audiophile, perfectly flat headphone. Um, and it, which it's not so much that, that it's overbearing, cause I, I'm not a fan of that. But what it is, is just a little, it's a little more fun. You have a little more of a, a oomph to the headphone while still being really good sound. Um, but what, what makes the latest model really unique is that when they were making it, there's all these headphone enthusiast places on the web. One of them is called HeadFi. And the people there are basically nuts about headphones. They are like the most enthusiastic of the enthusiasts. A lot, most people on there have multiple headphones. They use headphone amps. They, you know, they're just, they, they know everything about headphones. And Vmoto went in there and said, you know what, we're making a new version of this headphone and we want to know what kind of things you people would like to see in this kind of headphone. And so they kind of crowdsourced the design of it. And they came up with little things like they, it has a, it's a one-sided headphone cord, but there's a plug on each side so that if you like having a headphone cord on your left, you can put it in that side. If you like it on the right, you can put it on that side. And these are just like little touches like that that makes it a really unique headphone uh, because basically they ask their users, what cool stuff would you like in a headphone? But on top of that, it's just, I mean, it's built like a tank. It's made of aluminum and, and metal and you know leather ear pads you can take the the headband and almost twist it like 180 degrees and it won't even it won't bend or break super comfortable and it sounds great um and the, I got the black one here and it's like stealth black matte black everywhere and it just looks great and uh i've really i've been loving them lately and i'm they're 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 not cheap i mean they're they're high-end headphones they're about 300, 250 or 300 bucks but um they're fantastic and they've they, uh, they come in like this, they fold up and they come in this you know, hard carrying case and and uh, you just take it out in and you're like, this has got to be a good product. I can tell just by
0: the feel of it. I I have a pair of V-Moda headphones, uh, earbuds from back in the day. For,
1: <laughs> so were those the uh, the metal ones or the plastic ones? They're metal. Okay. I remember those.
0: Yes. Yeah. I like them quite a bit. Yeah. They were, um,
1: they were again, back then they kind of had this, we're going to make good sounding headphones that have a little more bass than normal. And uh, they were fun to wear. My you know, I, I still have a friend, good friend, who who wears those original earbuds now and uh, loves them.
0: I can't do earbuds anymore for some reason. My ears—they throw earbuds out. I have like earbud bouncers. You mean they won't stay in? Mm, nothing will. And I have some that I used to I used to swear by because I could I could ride my bike you know, off road and not have any trouble with my headphones falling out, but something changed. My ears grew in a weird way or something.
1: You know, there's a, um, there's a company called, I always thought it was Comply, but it's, I guess it's Comply. And they make these foam aftermarket tips for more for the in-ear canal, not like the, not like the Apple earbuds, but more the ones that have a little stem. And uh, they're, they're this really soft foam that expands memory foam. And, I've I could not stand like the silicone tips on a lot of the yeah. canal buds or whatever and you replace them with these and uh and they're fantastic they you you roll them up to squish them down a little bit and then put them in your ear and they expand to fit and they block out tons of noise and they're comfortable you can wear them for like hours and it only costs i think it's like i don't know i want to say 10 bucks for you know a bag full of tips
0: How do you spell this
1: It's C O M P L Y if i remember let's see Comply Oh, Comply, oh. Foam, Comply Foam is the website. C-O-M-P-L-Y Foam.com. Got it. And they've got a little, as I recall, they have a thing on their website where you can go through and say, I have this, these, these headphones, and they'll say, okay, then buy these tips. So it's kind of like a little buying guide.
0: Um, okay, so just so you know, there's also a Comply, Com- Comply Foam Pro website. Really? which is hilarious because it's all people with guns. It's like the same company, but they're, they're basically their ear protection.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. I never knew that.
0: <laughs> I went there wow. first and there's like soldiers okay. and hunters. and uh. Oh, yeah. And they
1: have like construction workers and, <laughs> and stuff on there. That's awesome. Um, no, this is, I guess it's the same company. Yeah, you're right. Hearing components. Yeah. So, so there's some headphones nowadays that are actually coming with the complex. Yeah, I've tips seen
0: this at, at the airport kiosks, I've seen these before.
1: I actually we also have some of their earplugs, they have noise reduction safety earplugs um, for consumers. So like if you're in a concert or in a movie theater that's too loud, yeah. they 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 block, they deaden the sound without affecting the able to, your ability to hear it. So oh, it's wow. not like you know those foam ones you stick in and suddenly uh-huh. you can't hear anything. These actually let you hear everybody talking and stuff, but they deaden it enough to it's safe. Nice. They're pretty cool. Anyway, that got way off of my my top three things. So sorry. No, about it didn't.
0: That. We're still on headphones. <laughs> All right. Was, your your number two was a headphone, right? Right, right. We're not so far off that I've forgotten what your number okay. two is. Okay. okay. My number two is also audio related. So you've got your sunglasses, now you need your stereo, and I just put an Alpine UTE forty two BT. <laughs> Which is, you know, catchy. Um, into my car. And it's it's like a ninety-five dollar stereo, not really? not including like amps and speakers and everything. Right. But the the, yeah, the head unit itself is $95 and it's it's it uh, it's the okay, so you got USB import, you've got Bluetooth audio, um, and you can hook up just about any kind of smartphone to it. Uh I put in for, at the same cost I have a microphone for it mounted up in the upper right upper left corner of my windshield so I can use Siri uh, by pressing a button on the stereo itself and then I can tell Siri you know to make a phone call to play a song to look up the weather to right, tell me what right. planes are overhead, etc um, and uh, I can control all the features of my iPhone from the stereo faceplate. And, and this
1: and this was only ninety nine bucks.
0: Yeah, ninety five. Ninety five. Wow. Ninety five plus I paid for installation, but it's right. it's a, you know it's your standard head unit and with a regular what do they call them saddle not a saddle uh harness harness right yeah it's got a pretty standard harness so it should work for most people it's wow. it's the lowest price one like everything else came with stuff I didn't need I don't need Sirius and I don't need a CD player and I don't need all that other stuff. So this was perfect.
1: That's amazing. That it's only $95. I remember we reviewed when the iPod was really popular before the iPhone, we were occasionally reviewed like a iPod focus head unit and they were at least four
0: to $500, everyone for the, you know, the, for the affordable ones. And they were going up to like a thousand. I'll be honest. I went to the store with a budget of about $450. And because this was exactly what I needed and cheap enough, I was able to buy some extra, uh, audio gear for my car. (laughs) Um, yeah, I thought it was just a a new car by the way. It is, but that's Uh, my third pick. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So you have a number three,
1: you know, um, I'm just going to, at first I was going to say an iOS client for a particular service, but I think now I'm just going to say the whole service and that's app.net. And uh, I know you're, you're on there now, right? And, uh, I've been using it so much more than Twitter lately. And uh, I didn't realize until over the weekend how infrequently I'd checked Twitter over the last few <laughs> weeks and how much I'd used app.net. Um, and for those who don't know what it is, app.net is essentially, a, well, some people would say it's, it's, it's kind of like Twitter, but you have a little bit longer messages and it's, um, it's paid. There are free accounts, but it's, it's more of a premium service. But it's really a lot more than that. It's more than just messages like Twitter. There's also like a file system that you can that you can use. Like if you've ever used cloud app or, or one of these, these um, services that let you upload video or photos and then share them with people, app.net has that built in. And it's got kind of chat room capabilities built in. It's got all these features. It's really more of like a social platform that developers can build apps on top of. And uh, it's really interesting to me lately because the app.net clients are fantastic. I mean, d- Twitter has had good clients, although recently they've started to languish because Twitter's doing all these, playing all these games with developers. Murdering but, them. Yes, but but for a long time, people used to joke and say that Twitter was a, I think the phrase was a developer's playground because there was one service that did one simple thing and then developers were making all these wide, you know, a a huge diversity of apps that all tried to build on that service. And so you had um, multiple apps that were all trying to give different takes on the same thing. And and it was great. Lately, I felt that app.net has been doing that because it gives developers so much more leeway and so much more flexibility and more features that you've got all these fantastic clients that are doing different things. And um, I use Felix, for example, for for app.net on my, on iOS devices. And it's just a great app. And it's, It's sort of like taking the old Twitter client and saying, okay, what else can we do to make it easier to use or to make it different or to give it more features? And it's been a lot more, I actually find myself having more fun using the apps for app.net just because there's so much more out there that people are doing with them now.
0: You know what I love about Felix? I love that you can use it as a regular, you can just, you can use it just like you would the Twitter app. Right. But then once you start to learn all the gestures you can you can you can do things that you didn't realize an app for a social network could really right. do with just a flick of your finger. Right, uh, Tweetbot does a pretty good job with gestures too. But Felix yeah, I'm a, gets. I'm a big crazy. fan of
1: Tweetbot. Tweetbot's what I use on for for Twitter. But um, but yeah, Felix is. I you know I actually for uh, for the longest time was very resistant to over gesturing. I guess is a good way to put it that some apps just made it so that it was difficult to use if you didn't know the gestures. Right. But something about Felix, it just feels really natural, all and right. and you can use it without knowing all of the feature, all of the, the the gestures. And then suddenly someone says, "Oh, but you can always do it this way too." And yeah. you're like, "Oh wow, I can do it that way. That's awesome."
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I love about it. They made it work with just very intuitive visible controls. Yeah, yeah. And, in and, addition, and,
1: right. And 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 getting back to sort of the more general thing of App.net is they are really. Twitter is it's a free service. They're focused on how can they turn around and make revenue off of users. Um, App. Net is just it's like the polar opposite. You know, most of the heavy users there are have paid a yearly fee, and that's where they make their revenue. There's no advertising, and the developers and the users are really the the, the customers for App. Net and the and the, the 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 people who run App.net, They are active on the network. They're constantly adding adding hooks for developers and, and responding to, to users and developers to add features and things. And it really feels like this growing you know community with a lot of potential to do a lot of really cool things. And I'm just hoping that enough people get on it and enough people pay that it keeps at, keeps going like this.
0: Yeah. I hope so too. Okay. So my There's number, <laughs> yeah, my number three. Um, so you've got your sunglasses and you've got a stereo. Now you need a fast car. So my number three pick is fast cars. I, it took me a long time to, to believe that I was responsible enough to handle a car with more than, you know, a few horses. And, uh, I, I finally got one and I find that while I do really enjoy the acceleration part, I find I'm old enough and mature enough to avoid speeding tickets. <laughs> I don't know when this happened to me, but I get up to you know within, let's we'll say five to seven of the speed limit, um, give or take either side. No, definitely on the top side. Um, <laughs> but I get that, and I can just hang there. I can flip on cruise control and just and go for it. But um, didn't used to be the case. I used to get more speeding tickets. I once got a two hundred and eighty dollars speeding ticket in Wisconsin, and this was like 10 years ago. And so that was even, you know, with inflation, that's like a thousand dollars now, right? <laughs> um, no, but it was awesome because the cop never filed the paperwork and I called in to, to contest it, uh, cause it was out of town. So I called the courthouse on the day and they said, we don't know what you're talking about. And they threw it out. That was nice. nice. Anyway, yeah. that was so random. Um, anyway, yeah, my fast pick, I got it. If you, if you're wondering, I got an, uh, an O2 Audi TT Roadster. Nice. It's, you know, it's old enough to be affordable and and in great shape. I love it.
1: And that's the car that has the awesome gas gas cap, right?
0: The one, it's like horizontal it's like, on the back. And it's, it, like
1: it, like it's like horizontal. It almost looks like it's rivet. Like, it yeah, is, it's, it's inset with these hex screws almost. And it's yeah. got like the flip open. Yeah. When I was, I remember when I was, like, when that car was new, I remember that was the first thing I noticed. I'm like, man, that is an awesome gas cap.
0: Yeah, it's oh, pretty sweet. It's
1: a nice car. It's a beautiful car. Did I mention
0: it's convertible?
1: Oh, no, you didn't. So that's nice, huh?
0: Oh, man. Wow. I haven't had a convertible since my old Saab 900S turbo. No, it wasn't even turbo. It was just a 900S um, convertible that I literally drove into the ground. By the time I was done with it, it was limping. We had to put it on a truck. NPR took it for their like tech school program. They had to put it onto the back of a truck and haul it away. And and you just got it recently, right? Yeah, like last week.
1: Okay, so you haven't put it through a Minnesota winter yet.
0: No, I <laughs> haven't. But it's all wheel drive.
1: Nice. Yeah. Which that.
0: is the reason that like there's you have to be careful when buying a convertible sports car in Minnesota. Yeah. Because it's pretty much an asinine thing to do. Um, and this obviously wasn't a purchase uh, about practicality, but. Um, but but it has, is it's all, all wheel drive right, yeah. and it's got you know it came it's it grew up in Minnesota it's it has all the necessary throw some snow tires on it and it, I'm told it does just fine all winter nice well you'll 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 you find keep, out keep the top up but yeah right right
1: but still it's it that's a it's a nice that's a nice car I'm jealous
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's my goal is make everybody jealous no <laughs> no I just I I felt like it was time that my. Well, I have like a 2000 Honda Civic. That's what I've been driving for years now. I deserve better. Come on. Sure. (laughs) I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And (laughs) our third sponsor today is Shopify, a hosted e commerce solution that allows you to set up and run your own online store in minutes. Pick a template, add your products. Pick your payment processor, PayPal, Stripe, or Authorize.net, and ship your stuff with just a few clicks. With Shopify, it's easy to sell online, and there's no software to download, host, upgrade, or maintain. Pick from over 100 professionally designed e-commerce templates or create your own with full control over the HTML and CSS. There are no bandwidth limits and no need to worry about scaling when your store becomes popular. And every store is level 1 PCI DSS compliant and totally secure. All you need is something to sell. Visit shopify.com slash five by five and you'll get three months for free. Check them out today. All right, Dan Frakes. You are yep. on Twitter as Dan Frakes. Yes. And you imagine. are on yep. app.net as Dan Frakes. That's right. And you have a danfrakes.com, dot com, but you don't send people there anymore.
1: No, it's just, it's out of date. It, I mean, it, to show you how old it's been, how old it is, it's how long it's been since it's been really updated. It's still using frames. That's how bad it is. So there's, there's like not even CSS on I built that website probably like almost 10 years ago and just kind of updated it here and there. And so it's, it's, it's like a graveyard of, of HTML.
0: I know people who can help you with that when you're ready. Let yeah. me know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Send them over. <laughs> um, it's just a matter. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, have I have work now. Job back <laughs> back when I was a freelancer, and uh, and I, I needed a website that looked really nice. You know, it was great, but nowadays it's kind of like I like I said on my uh, on a lot of my online things, I just direct people to the MacWorld.com instead. So.
0: Okay, so it's, it's, so I'll link to your editor page on MacWorld. Sure. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, perfect. It looks great. All right, and uh, I'm Brett Terpstra. I'm TT Scoff everywhere and this was episode 42 42 we should we should call it life the universe and everything right Right. anyway thanks so much for being here it was uh great talking to you dan no
1: thank you i had a great time
0: all right we'll see everybody in a week